0: Hello and welcome to Coppercasts. My name is Eva Gustafson. I'm the head of public affairs at Copper. And I'm very lucky to be joined here today with Jennifer Ewing, the head of strategy at the Center for Digital Assets and Democracy, as well as founder of Odyssey Advisors. Welcome, Jennifer.
1: Thanks for having
0: me, Eva. We're so pleased you could join us. Listen, uh, we think this is like a very lucky time to be speaking with you. Can you tell us a little bit about the center and uh,
1: you know what what's happening for you guys right now? Sure. Um, And thanks again for having me. This is um, it's really the beginning. You know, we started this several months ago. The founder is Claire Cummings. She is the also the founder of Cummings Pepperdine Law Firm. She's one of the sort of longest standing crypto and digital asset lawyers in London, discovered Bitcoin and 2012, went on to start advising her clients in 2016. She came up with the idea, sort of the genesis of the idea, was really thinking about her daughter and the future and knowing really um, how many things there are going on in London with regards to digital assets and crypto and different companies and a lot of people talking about regulation. But the one part that seemed to be missing was the policy part and the democracy part and the freedom part. So she asked me um, if I'd like to be part of it and head up strategy because we both bring very different things to the table. Again, she's an attorney. She can do the deep dive into the regulation and the laws, whereas I have spent the last three or four years very involved sort of talking to different people about different aspects of freedom and democracy. One thing that I've found um, that um, has been very interesting, especially over the last three years, is how many people from different sides of, let's call the uh, ideological or the political aisle have come together around certain issues, one being freedom of transaction. And we feel the most important thing about the center is that we are completely nonpartisan. You know, our view is that um, everybody should own and control their own assets with the government and its agencies acting as enabling and, and accountable public servants. This should not be a partisan issue. I think um, while we can disagree on a lot of different things from various political sides of the aisle, um, this is something that we've found was missing in the discussion. And the um, basically the response we've had has been you know, incredibly positive, even for what we were expecting. As you know, um, our launch, our soft launch, will be happening in London on October 12th. And if you walked into the room, um, I think you wouldn't be able to tell, is this a crypto event? Is this a political event? Is this a media event? Is this just idea people getting together and discussing thoughts? What we want and what we felt was missing was, a conversation where there's just free um, thinking and a respectable and free discussion of ideas and information. And I think you can look at a couple different sides of things. You know, if uh, I've been to a lot of these digital pound events over the last few years and I would be the first person to uh, jump up, raise my hand, ask the uh, Bank of England representative, well, what about privacy issues when you're talking about the digital pound and central bank digital currencies? And, you know, they sort of said, oh, yeah, nobody's concerned about privacy, and don't worry, the Bank of England is not concerned about what you do in your private life. And um, then they would follow up, with True Story, by the way, they would follow up by saying, and by the way, if... um, you know, if these banks wanted to mess around in your business, they already could do that. And I thought to myself, well, if that is true, that's interesting because that's not the social contract we have with our banks. And yet fast forward to, um, you know, July this year, and we all saw what happened to um, not only Nigel Farage with regards to Coots, but the completely different uh, side of the uh, argument of Brexit, shall we say, which was Gina Miller. I mean, Gina Miller, um, she also had her party's um, bank account shut down. And so it's, it's here, you know, this sort of control, um, whether it's the government or the banks or the regulators of our assets. And um, I think it's a dangerous, dangerous, slippery slope, especially for these uh, Western liberal democracies that we live in. It's a lot to take
0: in in terms of the scope for the center um, and so many important topics that you've just named there. Do you have any views yet on how you'd begin to
1: narrow the universe? We do. I mean, the the first thing I think you uh, want to do when you're starting something like this you, is you have your basic principles, which ours is we are nonpartisan and we feel everybody should own and control their own assets. Okay, That's the basic principle. We don't think many people will have a problem with that statement if they do i'd love to i'd love to hear the argument about that that's exactly the kind of dialogue you might be interested in exactly exactly i'd love to hear that but Again, it's a free exchange of ideas and information. So what I would love to hear, let's let's do something newsworthy, the, the central bank digital currencies, right? And the example I just gave you with regards to the digital pound and the Bank of England. So they're saying one thing. However, I happen to know a lot of the more, say, freedom fighters causes and more libertarian causes and even people on the far left liberal um, side of the aisle, they are saying, well, we can't have these central bank digital currencies because that will quickly turn into a Chinese social credit system. Well, there has to be a conversation between these two groups, because right now there's so much fear out there. there there's just a really a lack of discussion. So to answer your question, what we're going to do is, we're gonna to listen to what people want. On the 12th, uh, we're gonna have just very few speakers, to get the conversation started, and then we want people to jump in and say, "This is how these certain uh, digital assets can benefit society, and this is how we're worried about it. And how do we keep the government in check? How do we um, make sure there's a, a smaller state to allow people to use digital assets for what makes sense for them, for their communities, for their families? You know, I, often we talk about the democratization of digital assets and banking the unbanked. I mean." These are, these are all really important issues, especially since lockdown. You know, we've seen, um, although I see the cash usage has just gone up, I think, 10% year on year, whether that's because people are trying to budget better or that's because they fear they'll lose out on it. But you can just see the way um, a lot of shops are not allowing cash, right? So you're trying to corral people into one accepted way in which to spend money and I think that's a very important discussion to have as well. What are the off-ramps for people who do not want to be in these programmable systems?
0: These are all critical questions. And I hear from you also the views that have been expressed from public officials which cause some of these concerns. On the flip side, what is your thinking? Do you feel that the industry has perhaps
1: done itself a disservice at, at any time? <laughs> well, I do. And I think the first thing the industry has probably done, and I noticed this when I first got involved, you know, back in 2016, was they tried to redefine everything. You know, we we all, my background is um, traditional finance, trad fi, I guess, as we say now in the uh, the digital world. But um You know, there's um, examples of somebody would say, oh, this is a fork. And then you'd say, well, actually, no, that's a stock split. And so I think the industry um, has done itself a disservice by perhaps making things too detailed, too complicated, too tech. And um, while that's wonderful for the, uh, the crypto natives and the guys who are the cryptographers, if you really want mass adoption from institutions and from people, you need to make it... Easy to understand. The the example I that people give is that HTTPS backslash backslash, you know, how many people actually know what that means and the answer is very very few uh, outside of a deep tech community and yet something we use every single day so I think um, it's where you type into your browser Um, and I think the same is going to be true for blockchain and a lot of the things have in the digital asset world is it'll just be the bones and the skeleton behind the uh the apps or the businesses or supply chains, things we, or, or in fact money, things we use every single day. Well, I look really forward to seeing how the center bridges the divide between those
0: two audiences and addresses that vacuum, which you referenced earlier, uh, of dialogue to look at some of these critical questions. Shifting gears maybe a little bit, uh, if we sort of think about from the more upcoming regulatory and policy debate, we are heading into some elections in a few important jurisdictions. Um, How do you see, uh, if we start with the UK, how do you see the pending UK elections uh, perhaps uh, impacting the debate?
1: No, great, great question. And actually, um, you may have noticed on the invitation to our event on October 12th, we. Put at the very top is there two? I mean, there are many ma- elections in 2024. But for the purposes of this conversation, and since the founder is a UK citizen and I'm a US and UK citizen, let's go with these two countries. The UK, um, we have our current Prime Minister Rishi Sunak is on the record before he was Prime Minister saying these central bank um, digital currencies and the um, the Bitcoin. It will be interesting because we can program these, right? And for all sorts of good things. Well, um, there are many good things you could program them for, but there are probably just as many people, especially after the last few years of governmental overreach, that might be fearful of those being programmed. So one thing I've learned from talking to policymakers in this country, talking to politicians, is how many people just sort of don't want to hear about it. It's too complicated. Getting back to your question a few minutes ago about how has the industry done itself a disservice. So, I think it's important, and at the center we want to do this to help. You know, at the risk of sounding patronizing, to help educate um, a lot of the policymakers and the politicians so that they understand what's at stake here. So. I would love to hear every single person running for office, what are your views on everything from central bank digital currencies to um, decentralization, to Bitcoin, to exchanges? Um, I, I think there needs to be more of a discussion. I know the FCA has made inroads into hiring industry people who understand digital assets better. That's a great move, let's see more of that. And it's it's something that, again, it's it's the one missing piece, the politics and the and the policy has been missing from the discussion in a lot of these crypto meetups and wonderful events that, you know, you can there's probably 10 going on today and they're wonderful and talking about the one the things people are building. But let's not live in a vacuum, we do need to understand, you know, the policies and the politicians. So, yes, we need to be talking to the UK policymakers.
0: And comparing that then across the pond to the U.S., how do you see the debate unfolding there?
1: Sure. And um, obviously, we have elections, presidential elections coming up in November 2024. One of the greatest things, I think, is three of the people running for president um, Um. both Democrat and Republican side, have all come out and said something on um, digital assets on central bank digital currencies. You've got Ron DeSantis, who is the current governor of Florida. He said, if I am elected president, I will ban central bank digital currencies that infringe on people's privacy. Vivek Ramaswamy, also running on the GOP side, has said something similar. And then you have on the Democrat side, Bobby Kennedy Jr., um, who, I don't know if you caught this, he also spoke at Bitcoin Miami this year. And you know the majority of his speech was about freedom and decentralization and small government and choices. Well, he's running on the democratic side for president. And he's talking about it as well. So I think That's great. I'd love to hear. Again, just like I said with the UK politicians, I'd like to know what everybody running for any office, whether you're a senator, whether you're mayor of a small city, I'd like to know what everybody thinks about these really important issues. And um, tomorrow, actually, uh, September 20th, we have Tom Emery who is a congressman from Minnesota, he is going to be leading a debate in Congress, basically discussing the, um, oh my God, it's the- The digital dollar. Thank you so much. The DDPP, the digital (laughs) dollar pilot prevention. And again, he feels, The United States can have a central bank digital currency, absolutely, but we'd like it to be permissionless, we'd like it to be private, and we'd like it to act like cash you know, we don't want it to act like the uh, Chinese social credit system, where it's linked to your carbon footprint, or it's linked to wrong thought, as we've seen, you know, more recently here with um, in the UK. So I think he's bringing up some really, really good ideas where, hey, we can still use this brilliant technology, as long as we keep it in check. And it's not encroaching on people's rights and, and privileges to own and control their own assets. So I, I think it's exciting. And two big elections, and we'll be following both of these very, very closely. The one, I guess the benefit, and uh, I know you're American by breath too, so I can say this, the benefit I see in the U.S. is we have the state system. So we've seen very much, whether it's during lockdown or during other uh, tax um, issues or issues, um, social and culture issues. If you don't like California, you can move to Texas. If you don't like New York, you can move to Florida. As a matter of fact, we, we the biggest net outflow uh, over the last three years is my home state of California into into Florida, and a lot of that has to do probably around issues of freedom. So having candidate DeSantis talking about, hey, I'm going to keep an eye on these central bank digital currencies. I think it's something people will respond to. The other thing that is important during the next, what are we, 15 months away from some of these elections, I know the exact date hasn't been announced in in the UK, is it just gets people talking about the issues. Most people I, and you guys do so much work here at Copper, I know, and I know people in various different departments, but if we get out of our little universe, how many people understand, you know, you walk into a cocktail party or, you know, a coffee with friends or people walk into, you know, the school run or play dates or whatever, and if you just talk to a, a normie, I think the non-crypto people are called, how many people are aware of the benefits of, you know, what this digital economy can do and what blockchain can do and what decentralization can do um, versus some of the the negatives and some of the things we need to keep an eye on. I'd love that conversation to be um, commonplace, just like, you know, people have started to talk about, you know, oh, let's look at what's going on. With climate or let's look at what's going on in you know various other aspects of the economy i think it's really really important to bring it to a level where you're talking to people in the the grocery store or the post office about these things jennifer it's been an
0: absolute pleasure speaking with you i noted you said the center for digital assets and democracy is launching on the 12th of october there's obviously no shortage of important topics for you to be uh, working on. And we really look forward to hearing more from you on that in the near and uh, distant future, as I don't think many of these problems will be solved overnight. Thank you so much for
1: joining us. Thank you so much, Eva, and um, thanks to Copper as well because you guys are one of the, you know, sort of blue chip names, um, albeit copper-colored theme, but one of the blue chip names in um, in London in the space. So well done and congratulations to all you guys have done.
0: Thank you, and we look forward to joining you on the twelfth. As always, we appreciate you tuning in to Coppercasts. Follow us on Twitter for regular updates using the handle at CopperHQ. And if you want to get in touch or appear as a guest on the next CopperCast, email us at marketingcopper.co. At